Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we're talking with Katie's husband, Peter, about his perspective on all three of Katie's vaginal births. Even if you're planning on having a vaginal birth, we highly recommend listening to some of our C-section episodes as well. It's good just to know the information in the off chance you end up with a C-section. If you want to hear a dad's perspective on C-sections, check out episode 55 when I talk with my husband, Keith, about his experience with our C-sections. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with your pregnant friends because they'll probably want to hear this information too. Don't forget to tag us on social media at Best Life Moms Club. Here's the episode. So after three vaginal births, What were your expectations of vaginal births before you had Freya? Um, I think that the the biggest thing was that I was expecting like what you see in the movies of I go in, I, I cheer on my wife and there's a curtain there and there's nurses and doctors on the other side of the curtain doing their thing. Okay. Yeah. It's very much different than that. So you expected to be at my head, like behind my shoulders. Just- yeah, like just kind of being your coach. That's it. And so, having- the, so then what happened? So was was that is that how you like is that how you experienced it? Definitely not. It was. I think the big wake up call was like the nurse, like when stuff was when you're getting ready to push. And the nurse is like, okay, you grab that leg like this. And you literally heave up, lift up this leg. Your mom was on the other side, lifting up your other leg. And you kind of get in position and they're like, nope, you got to push it further back. Oh, further back, further back. You're very much involved. And you How interesting. And you weren't prepared to be involved? No, I, th- I thought I was going to just kind of be talking to you right and you do but you're you're holding legs you're 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 letting you you're letting your leg down you're pulling your leg up you're you were thinking you were going to be holding her hand at like by her head instead of holding your leg down where your baby's coming out <laughs> yeah, holding your her leg by your head yeah yeah, you pretty much you you pull them back as far as you can, and then when they're done pushing, you kind of give them a break, and then the nurses tell you, okay, pull them back up, and and, and like you're as soon as you start pushing, like I was concentrating on Katie and just cheering her on, really, 
until that push was done and then you let down. You might take a look and say you're doing good and doing the regular coach stuff. So by the time Maeve came along, you were obviously a pro at this. Like you've done this three times. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, you know what to expect, right? So when Maeve came along, did you find it a lot easier than like with Freya, not ex- not knowing what to expect? And then all of a sudden, Maeve, you've done it. This is the third time. Was it like super like, easy? All three are so different though. Like yeah. Freya, we had the, call it anxiety, nervousness of, we're having this preemie. We don't know what to expect. Right. Mm-hmm. Then that, that turned out great. Then we go into Finn who you're kind of expecting, all right, same type of timeline as Freya going to turn out fine. It doesn't turn out fine. So then you go into Maeve that, okay, like what's going to happen? This baby's going full term, but we know that, there was no reason why what happened to Finn happened to Finn. So it could happen to Maeve too. Mm-hmm. But it's more of like, as for what we've just chatted about. Yeah. That's all stays the same. It was the unknown of what's going to happen. I don't think with Finn, you were holding my legs so much. Were you? Yeah. Finn, Finn was pretty quick. Finn, right? was, Finn was under three, under two minutes. So, yeah, like, like I, I don't even, it was, it was kind of, I, I, I think I almost passed out with Finn though. You did. Because it got, it got going so quick and furious. It was, and I was actually asleep when it kind of the commotion started. And when I woke up, I wasn't orientated right. And it almost passed out. I actually had to step back. And then I remember coming back in and I was actually just up by your face because it was all like he was already out at that point, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't that you almost passed out because of like the kind of graphicness of it and like any blood or anything. It was just adrenaline. It was, was, yeah, you weren't, you, you went from zero to a hundred and weren't prepared for that. Yeah. That was totally, yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah. And then we kind of of talked about that when you talked about Maeve's birth story. So if anyone's wondering about Peter and the going from zero to a hundred, we touched on that in Maeve's birth story a few weeks ago. Yeah. You kind of repeated that in a different way while we were waiting for the, when for you Maeve. were, when you were asleep during labor for Maeve, and then you came downstairs to the commotion of everything. Yeah. So what you were trying to avoid having that there. happen again and it happened yeah. again, try yeah. and get some sleep. And then it did happen again. <laughs> yeah. So with when you had Freya, so before you had your first baby, how did you prepare for the vaginal birth? I think the biggest part of preparing was actually, it was my kind of idea to do prenatal, right? Which is where you met me. Exactly. <laughs> no, and it, it totally was you. You're the one who went online, you found it, you booked it, you did everything. Again, it was prenatal like from what I remember especially about birthing support in prenatal was the relaxation techniques and the massages and stuff like that and when Maeve was coming so early that just all went out the window we never used any of that you mean Freya yes Freya sorry the other one baby number one (laughs) yeah girl number one (laughs) 
go back a few years. <laughs> yeah. When, when Freya came, we couldn't use any of that. You're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so, she was a preemie and she just kind of came qu- really quickly. And well, because- and you, she had to be hooked. Katie had to be hooked up to all the monitors and stuff like that. You couldn't do the, you couldn't move into the right positions and stuff like that to do any of those techniques. And I think too, with, with Freya, because we were first time parents of a preemie, there was a lot more nurse support with us. Like there was always a nurse with us at all times in the room. Whereas with Finn, even though we were the same gestational age, we were already experienced parents. And there was a noticeable difference between the presence of nurses in our room compared to Freya. So I think in that sense, the nurses really took the lead of like, okay, you can only be in this position. So which really stopped you know, any of the stuff that we learned in prenatal class. Plus, like Peter said, all the monitors. Yeah, that makes sense. But there was value, there is absolutely value in the prenatal class. Yes, it didn't really prepare us for labor and delivery for our experience. But like there, there was a lot of value because it prepared us for going home with the baby as well, like arriving home with the baby. That's what I got the most out of was how to bathe, how to hold, how to bottle feed, how to, I mean, Katie, even they kind of went through breastfeeding holds and stuff, even though you get you that You were more practicing and, them. <laughs> you get that. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have talked about that. We totally have. Yeah. <laughs> um, swaddling, right? Like all of those techniques you go through. And I think that's what I got a hundred percent. Well, I signed up knowing that I was probably going to have a C-section, but that's what I went for too, was learning how to care for the baby, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely valuable if you can go to a prenatal class. And I don't even know, they might be offering them online now during the pandemic. I think a lot of places are. Yeah, probably. So Peter, how did you deal with labor and delivery? Like the good, the bad, the ugly? I... Definitely the the bad slash ugliest part for me is epidural. There was, I mean, Katie's been through three of them. Two of them got me weak in the knees. Really? Yes. And it was just, they were actually the two, She Katie had two bad experiences with epidurals and one good experience. I had no issues with the good experience. Yeah, because it was just it, like it just one and done. Out, done. Yeah. The other two, they did not hit the right spot. They tried and tried. And then like I'm trying, we're trying to hold Katie. She's going through contractions and she's in extreme pain, trying to stay still, knowing the risk of if she moved. Mm-hmm. Um and then like you take a peek over her shoulder and you see this gruesome scene on the other <laughs> side like there's a lot it's a big needle there's a lot of blood so yeah, my advice to that is if you don't see it is the best yeah it was that. funny so like with the c-section keith wasn't in the room when they did all that right he can't they got him after so he totally missed all that but you were there for it yeah no it's it's definitely like if it like i said i mean the one time with Finn, it went smooth, first shot, in, done. That's it, kind yeah. of question. And the other two is just like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Is everything okay, right? Yeah. Is she going to be paralyzed? Like, is this guy done something wrong, right? 
And then you see this, them pull out this needle and it's dripping with blood and it's a foot long. You're just, ugh. Yeah. Well, because like with Freya, I think I had, what, six, seven holes in my back? I don't know if it was that much, but a lot. And yeah. then with... More with, than it needed. <laughs> I'm just going to pass out just thinking about it. <laughs> and then with Maeve, I had, what, four or five? Yeah, it was, it was four or five, yeah. Yeah, so too many. <laughs> the good? I think it's just like the rest of it, really. I mean... I mean, Finn's was kind of traumatizing, right? But mm-hmm. with Maeve and Freya, it was just like seeing that baby come out and looking down and seeing this head. And I mean, luckily, they've actually all been pretty small and they come out no problem, right? As soon as that head goes through, it just kind of slides out, <laughs> really, like next push. And wow, there's a baby here. And seeing that baby first. Right. Like yeah. I get to see it before Katie gets to see it. Mm-hmm. Like those are the good things about it. And and I think another good thing is that like the the bodily fluid and stuff like that, none of that bothers me. Right. Like I know you guys have talked about it, the Katie poop. Doesn't yeah. bother me one bit, right? Like yeah, it's <laughs> it's natural, right? Like it's, exactly. Like yeah. it, it's just it none of that bothered me. So like definitely the ugly is epidural. And I think that's just because we had bad experiences with them. Because we clearly had one that was no issue whatsoever. Yeah. And then, and then the good is, yeah, pretty much the rest of it, right? Like, yeah. Except for seeing your wife in pain. That can't be too enjoyable. That doesn't, that doesn't bother him. <laughs> we chatted about that earlier. It, it is what it is, right? Like, it's sorry. Oh, part of it. Yeah. Sorry you're going through, but I mean I can't do it for you. So yeah. And I will so say now that- I will say just for everybody, if you haven't heard from other episodes, my goal is always to poop. I live I have that as a badge of honor that I pooped in two of my deliveries because that means that I was pushing exactly how you're supposed to be pushing. That's always my goal in labor, is that when I'm delivering and I'm pushing, my goal is to poop so that I know that I am doing pushing the most efficiently and the way I'm supposed to. So ladies, if you're listening and your biggest fear is to poop on the table while or while you're pushing, completely let that go because that will hold you back and hinder you in your pushing because you won't be efficient. You won't be pushing the way you should be doing it. Um, and you ask any labor and delivery nurse, they always say like, if you poop, you're doing the right thing. And they don't even notice. They move so quick, don't they, Peter? Yeah, it's 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 there and gone. Like I, I think I remember. You've told me that I said I saw the poop. I don't even remember seeing it at this point. With Freya, you said, and then you didn't with notice. Freya. With Maeve, you didn't notice that I had pooped. I nope. noticed because I felt them. I I felt them wipe and take it. But um, like I just recognized the motion. Like oh yeah, there there it was. But. Um, you did. You made. You cracked a joke about my poop with Freya. <laughs> well, I remember with Freya and you pooping actually was that it was in the old hospital, and they had the fan up on the ceiling, and they turned the fan on because it was getting warm, and it would just like crop dusted you with the poop smell. No, it was because I farted. Well, maybe that was it, but I mean, 
poop fart and it was this fan was blowing right on you and i was like oh jeez yeah i i i was pushing and i farted into the fan and i remember i was mortified i was so embarrassed and i just like said to the nurses and the doctor i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry i farted like i'm so sorry and they're like we like we can't smell anything like there's nothing here and i was like really because it's all over me because the fan had shot it back in in onto me so like thankfully the fan the industrial fan was blown it back my way but yeah i remember i was so terrified but like i was so embarrassed by it but it is what it is right there's in birth there's it's not pretty no nothing about birth is pretty no matter what way the baby comes it's not pretty and no matter what instagram tells you it's not pretty (laughs) yeah that's true too so peter did you have any fears going into freya's birth in particular I don't think so. I think like as we were going into it because she was a preemie, there was that fear because we had no idea what to expect. But again, like I was expecting it to be like a movie. I go in, we have this curtain go up. I cheer my wife on. We have a baby. We hold the baby. We go home a couple hours later, done. Right. And that, that was kind of what I was expecting. I mean, and then, so, yeah, it was... you weren't so much afraid, but you had a ideal in your head that was Hollywood, which to be honest with you, I probably would think something along the lines of that as well. Although I've now, ever since I've become a mom, I've seen real life stuff. So I know it's not like that anymore, but like pre-mommy Amanda, like Amanda in her 20s, totally probably would have thought the same thing. Because you had this like idea in your head, you didn't really have the fears that you could associate with some of the other stuff. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I didn't know about the, the comp, the, how simple the complications can be. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, the need of forceps and vacuums and stuff like the, like, we talked about that in the, in the prenatal, but it was just like, okay, that's kind of extreme stuff. And even, even with, with, I remember with Freya, when the doctor says, okay, we're, if it doesn't come out this time, we're going to have to use the forceps. Right. And it was just like, well, like we just started trying. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, we're not. And I just shot her out. Next push. She was out. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think that was the biggest thing. It was just, call it naive but i i didn't i expected that you go in you have a baby you leave right i didn't realize how simple and easy it was to have complications and prolong your stay Mm -hmm. and how quickly things can change yeah well and the whole preemie thing probably wasn't on your radar either like yeah you knew that people did have preemies but you don't necessarily think it's going to happen to you right oh yeah there is no indication that we were going to go i mean doctor said what three days before that like oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna go 40 plus we're gonna have to induce you yeah funny now (laughs) but i think too like what you know kind of what you're saying too peter is like building off that is like how quickly things can change and go from zero to like uh, like 12 or 15 mm-hmm. in an instant right like that's- yeah like i mean like finn right we were expecting it to just go the same as freya and it was sure. yeah and then, and then it, it just everything. turned right yeah. 
everything changed in a matter of moments. So basically you didn't necessarily have any fears going in, but there was a lot of surprises once once you did experience your first birth and then your second birth and every birth that you've had and every birth in general ends up being different. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. Well, that, that like our experiences, our three experiences are perfect examples of that, right? Yes, we've had three vaginal births, but all of them have been extremely different. Mm-hmm. And completely keep you wondering for the next, right? Like even though Maeve was full term, we knew that what happened to Finn could happen to a full-term baby too. It could have happened to any baby. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But that's also why there was that kind of fear, right? Because yeah. it wasn't just specific to a preemie. So do you regret seeing everything happen down there? No, not at all. No. And I think the the biggest part, and I've mentioned this to Katie before, is that we've People are, or moms are mortified that their husband or their support is going to see down there. But honestly, you look down there and a vagina is the last thing on your mind that you're looking at, right? Because really, when you're actually going to look down there, you're probably seeing hair. You're probably seeing maybe even more of a head, ears, right? You're when it comes time to you actually looking down there, like when the, when the doctor hours before is checking to see how dilated you are, you don't see anything. It's just under a blanket. But then when it comes time to pushing, when you're, when you're, when you take a peek over to see where they're at, like the doctor's opening stuff up, trying to make room and, and you can, you're not looking at a vagina anymore. You're looking at for a baby really. That's a good way to put it, right? Like, it's funny because, you know, everyone in that room is staring down at you, right? Like, as a woman, right? Like, you're wide open to everybody present. And, you know, there's kind of no shame in it. But, like, at the same time, you're right. No one's looking and caring that that's your vagina, right? Because what they care about is the baby, Yeah, right? It's just part of it. Yeah. Right. There's nothing like the whole sexualization of like, you know, your the vagina and like there's no there's nothing no connection to that sexual piece of the vagina, right? Like there's nothing there. It's like Peter said, like and and like you said, Amanda, like there's people coming in and out. And even as a as the mom, like you don't even think like um I think as a first time mom, there's a lot of nerves about Oh, I don't want anybody, you know, keep me covered up. I don't want to, you know, when they check me, I want to be covered up. I don't want to see, have somebody come in and, you know, just nervous about just the whole piece of what people are going to be seeing. But you're right. Like it comes, you reach a point where you're just like, I don't care. And all modesty is gone. There's no privacy. There's, you know, everything is gone in that sense. And I feel like that now as, as a mom, you know, you go to a doctor's appointment, like if you were going for a pap or something, it's just like, okay, take it off. Like there's no hesitation because everybody has seen everything. They're medical, they're medical professionals. Like they, that's what they do every day. Yeah. They they don't, they don't care about it. Like it's, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, but I think, I think that's a huge fear for a lot of first time moms, like specifically first time moms, I think, because after you have one baby, if you have any more medically, you, you know, you're of that mindset of like, it doesn't matter. Everybody has seen everything. They're not looking at me. They're just looking for the baby. Um, but as a first time mom, yeah, you're definitely concerned or nervous about like, oh my gosh, what are people going to see? Or, you know, first time moms are so scared about pooping, having, you know, having either their support person, their spouse, or, you know, pooping in front of the nurses and the doctors. And like, they don't, they don't care. They don't bat an eye at it because it's so common. Well, it's funny because like having a C-section doesn't eliminate that because like, everyone in the operating room still sees you because they have to put a catheter in. And at some point they do cover you up, but like when they're prepping you, they got to put the catheter in and then they put the thing over top of you. So you are exposed, not quite as long as you are with a vaginal birth, but then even afterwards, like the nurses have to come check you and stuff and take your catheter out. And like, so it doesn't eliminate any of that. Well, that's exactly it. Like when you get a, that's, that's something that I completely forgotten is like, you know, when you get an epidural, then you get a catheter, which means you have a bag of pee hanging on the side of your bed. Yeah, exactly. That's something that people don't think of, but like, I know like when my brother came in after Freya was born, he was like, Oh, that's a lot of pee right there. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went to wash his hands in the bathroom. He's like, Oh, there's blood clots in the sink. (laughs) and they still went on to have babies so yeah yeah Yeah, they did yeah yeah didn't scare him off but even that like you know the whole kind of going with modesty like when I was in labor with Maeve who was with me with me in air quotes when my water broke was my brother on the phone because we were having we were just having a casual conversation I took the phone into the bathroom and I was like okay I'm peeing and I was like oh I'm not peeing anymore (laughs) (laughs) and I can still still hear water so like you know even with my brother there was no filter essentially so like as a new mom it's just that fear of like what people are going to see is 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 natural but it it dissipates really quickly well it's funny because like when you give birth to a baby like your first child you do birth yourself as a mother too and you know, you're right. All that modesty, that caring what people, you know, see or don't see, um, caring, caring what people think, like it just kind of goes out the window, right? On, so. on kind of on this topic, Peter, like, did it bother you, you know, having nurses and doctors and, you know, or lots of nurses and doctors come in and see, you know, have my vagina out on, on display for everybody? Definitely not that. I think the only awkward part for really two seconds was that your mom and I were both looking at you, right? We both looked down there kind of at the same time. And you, it kind of like, I thought about it like, okay, this is weird. But then that was it, right? And that was, then you go on with business and here's the next push, really. But as for, as for the doctors and nurses, I care less. They're, they, it's what they see every day. Right? So it was weird because it's your mother-in-law and she now realizes that you had sex with her daughter. Is that why it was weird? I, 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 no, like, I don't, I don't know. I think it was just that we're, 
okay, we're both looking down here, right? It's mm. it's both, just that both spelunking in my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think it was just it was that here's my mother in law, and we're both looking at your daughter's vagina at the same time, and it was just that first time that we're both kind of holding a leg each looked out and, and that's it and it was like a millisecond of me thinking okay yeah all right and then you just go back to business and you're looking next time you look oh man there's hair okay now now the head's coming out with Maeve I actually over over the years we we heard about how the baby's head actually like the the plate shift mm-hmm to make the head even smaller. Like I, I definitely noticed, especially with Freya that her head came out and she had like a cone head. Right. And okay. That, that makes sense that coming through the canal and everything. And then we, I think it was your chiropractor that mentioned about how the plates actually bef- long before delivery start to overlap each other to, to come out. And I actually made a point of it with Maeve to look down and you, when I, when that head started to come out, you could totally see the ripples in her head of how the plates were overlapping on each other. And I just, that kind of blew my mind that, Oh, it actually happens that way. Right. It's not just the, the whole head kind of compresses and becomes a cone shape. It, it literally, those, those plates actually form over each other. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It was um, my chiropractor, and she was saying that, uh, like you said, before birth, even before birth, in before engaging in the birth canal, uh, the circumference of like a full-term baby's head is around 12 centimeters. And we know that dilation for delivery is 10 centimeters. So even in utero, before they engage and you're in labor, uh, the baby's head circumference starts to compact and shift and the uh, plates start to to start to overlap to actually shrink down to 10 centimeters, which then to allow engagement and delivery. Um, and then obviously in the birth canal, the compression of the head gets even more, which is why so many, oh, pretty much every baby is compressed, like has that odd shape to their head because they get compressed even more beyond the 10 centimeters um, to get out. So it's, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. And so like, I remember I came home and I, and I had told Peter and this, and he was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I remember him saying, like, I actually looked and I saw the skull, like the plates com- move. Interesting. So Peter, do you have one tip that you would give a first time dad going into a vaginal birth? I guess one of my biggest things is don't, don't believe the the Hollywood that you might expect. I don't know if I'm the only one that kind of is expecting that, but yeah, go in, know that you're, you're going to have to be holding a leg, right? I mean, you're still there as that main support person, but, and I, I remember I, I didn't think that I would be able to cheer you on just because that's not really my, to be outgoing. And, but I, I remember, especially with Freya is, like you and I were just kind of locked on each other. Right. So I think that was like, commit, go in, know that that's probably what you're going to be doing is you're, you're going to be holding the leg and you're going to be pulling it back and you're, 
cutting the umbilical cord. That's something that, I mean, you got a shaky hand and you're trying to cut this umbilical cord and, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's all cool. Know that you're one of the first ones to see this. Um, Even being able to tell your wife what you, uh, what you, what you had, if you don't know already. Right. We don't like to find out. No, like we didn't find out on any of it, but I got to tell Katie what we had because I got to see it before she got to see it. With Maeve, I thought I saw what we were having when they put on on top because nobody said anything. I was like, oh, it's a boy. And then I was wrong. Peter corrected me on that one. (laughs) I was like, no, it's a girl. (laughs) That's because the labia swells. Yeah. Well, any, any, both genitals, both a penis and labia, they both swell significantly. Testicles swell significantly uh, in birth. But the labia swells so much, it looks like testicles. It, it does look like a, yeah. like a sack. Well, thanks, Peter, for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.